Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and honestly, today's guest is way too famous to be on this podcast. She writes, she acts, she produces, she makes neon signs. She is currently starring in Which Way to the Stage at MCC Theater. Please welcome to the mic, Sass Goldberg. Wow, quite an intro. It's just, I am DB, deba, deba, deba. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it, got it. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm good. My back hurts, but I'm good. Mm. Yeah, I think it's the weather for me that makes my back hurt. I've become that person. I'm that I've been that person. Yeah, you're like the girl who's like my knee is swelling, there's a storm coming. Yeah, I'm like oh, I can feel I have arthritis. Like I can feel that in my fingers. There was a girl I went to college with. She still exists. She's not dead. I was like <laughs> using past tense. Uh, <laughs> but I remember being um in Illinois for my my first Midwest storm. And sitting outside, and she was like, oh, yes, the storm is coming. My knee is swelling. I was like, we are 19. <laughs> but she knew. But she knew in her bones. And she was right. There was a storm. So, Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. And it's raining today in New York City. So that's mm-hmm. what's happening. And that's, there's a 60% chance that it is already raining. Yep. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe that you said yes to this podcast. You were on the batteries down. This is insane to me. Thank you so much. I was on the batteries down. I'm so happy that that's my most exciting credit. I was on the batteries down playing opposite Ana Nogueira, who wrote Which Way to the Stage. That whole collective, I swear, y'all just keep keep working and booking and making things. Good for y'all. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a good group. It's a good group. But let's let's start at the beginning. What was childhood okay, like? Please. What was childhood like? Oh, I love this question. I grew up in Manhattan. Um, I never know how to say that. I because like I I guess I I grew up in New York City, but I really want people to know it's like real New York City when I say that. So I say Manhattan, which sounds pretentious. But do you think if I say New York City, people know what that means? If I was a child who somehow figured out the subway, um, I yeah. would say Manhattan too. Like I would be yeah, like, so I, I grew need up in you Manhattan. to know. I'm going to yeah. own it. I need yeah. you to, I do need you to know. So, and this is why I'm like this. So I grew up in New York city slash Manhattan. Um, and I, what was I watching? I was watching SNL. I was watching 90210. I was watching Blossom. Okay. Wait, I was watching other things too. I was watching, what was that like? sketch show for kids all that amanda Bynes, all that oh my god mm-hmm. so good so good amanda like, Bynes was so good in that show the fact that they have like of all the revamps that are like you know happening like all that seems like a no-brainer to me ripe ripe for the taking just like easy to do kids are probably more like pretentiously talented like <laughs> you know what I, mean? I mean like, like I, you could comb through tiktok and like you know get yeah, the cast just, right there just pick them just one 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 all down let's the line let's sell it nickelodeon yeah. hey ring, nickelodeon ring. ring ring we have a new show um for you an old show that we're just gonna make new again <laughs> and that's all you have to do that's the that's the trick these honestly days. the show should exist on tiktok 
Okay, we have to stop talking about it because some people are going to okay. steal it. Yeah, this is well, this Somebody, is, this is an offline. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll offline. <laughs> you have such a great laugh. Thank you, thank you. It's one of my calling cards. Um, it's amazing. So you grew up in Manhattan, stomping the streets. Stomping. I'm, I'm picturing Broadway, baby. Broadway, full Broadway baby. Already had a book. Had your head. When was your first headshot? Okay, so well, let's talk about this. This is a great question. Um, my first headshot was my parents wouldn't let me professionally act as a child. However, they did allow me. Um, I was found in junior high by like, I guess, I, I don't really think, I guess some scouts came to look for people for the parent trap. And I had a callback for that. And my mom allowed me to go to the callback, but like with no intention of me ever doing the movie if I were to get it, which I did not. So it didn't become an issue. But um, I did get headshots at like 16. But now I'm thinking, why did I get headshots? Because I wasn't allowed to book roles. So maybe I have my timing confused, but I had headshots. It's me against a brick wall, very Ooh. sultry eyebrow mm-hmm. up. And I didn't go by Goldberg at the time because it was at that time where like you were cha- if you had a Jewish last name, like you didn't go with it. Yeah. And it feels like such a specific time in history. And so I went by, um, Salinger, which is not a family name. It literally, I think I could have been reading like Catcher in the Rye in school at the time. And there, there I went. And you went, you know what? You know what's going to be better than Goldberg? Salinger. <laughs> Salinger. Nobody will know now. I'll no no one, one will know. <laughs> <laughs> My face won't give it away. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Like when I think back to like, there's a, so many of those like child talent scouts that like find people in malls and stuff and like i can't imagine being a parent and knowing what is real and what is fake totally i mean i i this i don't i i wonder what happened i guess the movie was like pretty green lit and like they were coming to like a a actual school so it seemed real but i now that i think about it I, i went to public school it's so odd that the public school let like a talent scout just like come into the classroom and i feel like i'm remembering this story incorrectly but this i swear this is how it happened and this is why I'm like this. <laughs> Starting it off straight up. The yeah. um, When I was in public school, this was in high school. Do you remember the show MTV Made? Of course. Okay. So I had already decided that musical theater was my journey. And I was already doing quite well for Hillsborough, Oregon. However, I wanted to be on Made. And I knew that they were coming to my high school. And I had seen the show and I was like, okay, here are the things that I need to do. I need to have no friends. I need to <laughs> be sad. Get, get all, <laughs> No more friends. I have to somehow, and this is me, I was like, I need to get rid of my talent. My talent is too much. It has to go away. I had like Dimash. this, I had this whole plan and I had like one meeting with whoever came to the high school and they could probably tell that I was just like full ass lying. But I was like, wait, was made about musical theater made was about like whatever you wanted to do. Like if you were like, I always wanted to be a ballerina, but like Jewel, I grew up in my car, so I couldn't take class. They would like give you ballet lessons. They'd like make, they give you the opportunity. Oh my God, this is really coming back to me now. Yeah. So I was like, instead of getting my BFA, I'm just going to get made on MTV. It's a good plan. It's a good plan. Where are they now? That that's a good show too. We should do that too. We should do that too. Adding it to the list. Follow up. Our- <laughs> See, this is how I this is how I operate. I'm just thinking about all the shows to make. Just so many ideas. Yeah, you and there's nobody ideas. They're everyone else's ideas, and I'm just regurgitating them. <laughs> that's producing. As far as, producing. as far as I know. <laughs> yeah. Were you allowed to like do theater? You just weren't allowed to like be a professional child yes, actress. I was okay. like, I, ha- I was in like an after, I was in after school programs. I was in programs the weekend. I took theater very seriously. I went to theater. I went to Guardia High School, which is like a performing arts um, high school. I went to theater camp. Like I was doing theater. I just couldn't do it professionally. Got it. Were you a stage door kid? I was. Okay. Just painting a picture. How do you feel about that? I've seen camp. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I was like. <laughs> I only went for two summers, so I don't feel like I, I feel like I can't wear it as a badge of like, you know, like from, you know, nine years old to 17, mm-hmm. but I was Nikki in Sweet Charity, not a big deal. I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, you probably heard about it. You probably heard about it. This is when I was doing musicals. I, I, I didn't go for to college for musical theater, but this was like my one of my last musicals, Hurrahs. Hurrah. You know, it could come back. Can it? I think I think that ship has sailed. I don't know. I say never say never. Pam Anderson just made her Broadway debut and look at her go. That is so true. Pam, she, yeah, that is true. And I sing sort of in this play right now. So maybe somebody will give me the opportunity. Yeah. I... I mean, let's just talk about it. I immediately DM'd you after, I think, which way to the stage was sold to me, as it's said, where it's like two people at stage four for If Then, a show Uh that I saw three times. Can't tell you why. (laughs) And um, it's so much more than that. And I I was so moved and I laughed so much. I just, I loved it. I think everybody in it is fantastic. And thank you. Yeah, just if you want to just like talk a little bit about your journey with the show. Yeah, I mean, I love this play so very much. I was uh, Anna Nogueda, the playwright, um, is a dear friend and has become even dearer throughout this process. I've been working on the play for a while now, almost maybe like four years, somewhere in that sort of range. Did a bunch of different readings of it. Um, Max Jenkins, who I play opposite of in the play, was my prom date. We went to high school together. Whoa. So we've known each other for a very long time. Um, and it was one of those things and our brilliant, the rest of our brilliant cast, Michelle and Evan and our incredible director, Mike Donahue, and our incredible choreographer, Paul McGill. We just have like one of, the, it's like one of those dream rooms. Today was the first day that we didn't have rehearsal because we opened on Tuesday. So the show is now locked. Um, but today was one of the first days we didn't have rehearsal. And I really feel like the sense of mourning, like I, I, I'm not going with change, period, but I'm, I really particularly, this room in particular has been an experience that I sort of want to bottle up and drink forever. It's a play that, yeah, the, the log line makes you think it's going to be one thing. The first scene, the way it starts, you kind of, it starts, I, I always say it starts with like a kind of a small spotlight on these two people. And then as the play kind of expands, the light expands as well. And everyone's included. And everyone's right and everyone's wrong. I love that it wasn't afraid to, yeah, to highlight when people were right and when people were wrong. And it just, it's messy messy and it's real. And I mean, everyone's incredible. Michelle's performance blew me away. Can you even with her? I, from the moment she walked out, stunning. Absolutely stunning. stunning. I know. And then to should be illegal. Like should truly be illegal. To be that pretty and have such depth of thought and feeling should be fully illegal. She is truly a uh, she's a she's a mark, she's an angel. She's from another planet. It was it's so crazy. It's wild to me that that was your prom date because I was like, "Oh wow, these people are best friends." And <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. known each other for very long. <laughs> I I don't do a lot of like acting performing with like actual close friends of mine. Is that weird? Is it easier? I, I wouldn't say it's weird. I would say it's the best. I mean, I can't say if for this particular show, I think it's easier because there's so much kind of uh, baked in history that has to happen between Jeff and Judy, our two characters, as to the fact that like we're able to be really comfortable with each other. I, I always am very allergic to like manufactured friendship on stage. I, I you know, um, like putting your linking arms and that kind of stuff if it feels false. Like, so we are friends. I'm really, exactly. Like I'm really grateful that we don't have to manufacture any of that. Yeah, it feels like it's real and uh yeah it is and i i don't want to like ruin anything for anybody who hasn't seen it because it did just open but like please it didn't please, open it didn't open it did not open it opened on tuesday tuesday we are on our way i hope the show i hope the show lives for a very very long time i was just like oh, you're so kind I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Please buy tickets. If you're listening to this podcast, please buy tickets. Yeah, buy tickets. It's a great time. And it's my favorite kind of theater. No intermission. Tight. Okay. Light tight. and tight. Light and tight gets it's you It's not in. light, but it's tight. It tells it, you the it, story. It starts light. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you'll be comfortable. It's not It's not hitting you yeah. straight over the head. Oh, my God. No, no, no. It's no It's no Miss Saigon. You're, you know, you're not going to hop straight no, into no, no. drama. You'll feel comfortable. No. Yeah. But then you'll get uncomfortable. And that is what is so brilliant about it. 
and it made me I agree cry and I was not expecting Aww. to cry because again I saw if then three times and I didn't cry once <laughs> yeah this is this is a teary one so a lot of the set is the stage door of if then and it brought me back to the delightful day where Hamilton at mm-hmm. the same theater that if then was at Richard Rogers it was the day that like all of the leads were leaving and uh-huh. the street was like this crazy festival. It was like people who weren't seeing the show were there. They were like drawing giant Linman wells on like pieces of plywood. And I was going to see my favorite musical on your feet um, with my best friend. Um, I saw it three. I saw it three times. I love on your feet. Literally, so do I. We can we can now talk about anything else. We can only talk about this. This is truly, it is the top three favorite shows. It, beyond. Talk about a good time. Talk about talk literally getting about on your feet. a good time. Talk about thighs. Megamix. Megamix. Child star Megamix. Oh my God. Anna Villafane just giving us that performance. Those costumes. The costumes. The I still think about they have like their first kiss and he's like you should kiss me because it's my birthday and then they kiss and he's like my birthday's in March I'm like it uh-huh. runs in my head forever. Oh my god I, ne- I- I'm so happy to meet another on your feet. <laughs> I love it so much. The thing that uh, the thing that bothers me about on your feet is that the cast recording is a live recording where it seems like they put the mic all the way in the back of the Marriott. I know, and that theater's big, 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 big. So we were going to see that for my third time and I was just being a little monster and running through the people of Hamilton fans being like is is Adina going on and if then and um so when the the play started I just had a full flashback of annoying people of being there of being we actually got to rehearse outside the Richard Rogers for a day which was really kind of surreal that is surreal we truly went, and Hamilton was having like a put-in rehearsal, so like they kept on using the stage door, which obviously they should. It's their goddamn stage door, and we were like <laughs> in the middle of a scene, and they must be like, "What's happening?" They're like, "What NYU production is happening?" Yeah, on this what is this? Right what student now? film is happening? <laughs> oh it was my wild. gosh! So, how did you start writing and creating stuff on your own while also being a child actor who was almost in a parent trap? Okay, so let's be clear. I was not a child actor because I didn't book any roles and my parents wouldn't let me audition. And then this is how I started writing. Um, I went to the University of Michigan, Go Blue. Um, I didn't go for musical theater, though, so I wasn't a prodigy. I went for theater. and um, But I was part of the graduating class that was like the group of prodigies. Just like the talent was insane. One of my best friends from college, Jake Wilson, Batteries Down creator, uh, reached out to me. And I would say, basically, I graduated. I was working in New York. I had a bunch of different jobs. Um, I essentially couldn't get arrested. I couldn't get cast. And I was feeling kind of really sorry for myself, if I'm being honest. And I was like, I don't understand. I have something to offer. And was kind of waiting by the phone for my agent to call, which is always just like a really great technique. And Jake approached me like nine years into this venture and was like, would you want to write a movie with me? And I said, I have no clue how to write a movie. He's like, we'll figure it out together. And so we like literally Googled like what happens in a movie. Like, how do you write a movie? Do you write it in like, a? it wasn't even Google Docs. Like, is this like a word situation? Like, yeah. what, how does this get, how do you get it in that courier font? Like, what's the system here? And we taught ourselves how to do it mm-hmm. or to, our, to the best of our knowledge and we wrote a film together and we ended up shooting the film. Um, we shot it for 15 days in New York and it's in the city and in Scarsdale. And that movie got into a few festivals and we ultimately sold it. Um, I certainly wouldn't say it's a runway success. We still have to deal with like the taxes and like the K-1s and like things that like I have no business knowing about than <laughs> I do. Um, but that was like the gateway drug. And I would say it originally started to write material for myself. That was the idea. Like I wasn't getting cast as an actor. So this was a way to like do that. And pretty quickly after that, I started writing um, TV and it, it like it not for me. Since then, I've only written one. I've written many other things. Only one other thing was ever for me. And the other stuff hasn't been. So I love writing. I love writing equally as much as I like acting. I love that 
this industry, like it's one of the most frustrating things about it, but one of the things that I like keeps me in it is that you can be self-taught and you can learn how to do things at a level that like, I just don't see a lot of careers. There's not like a self-taught lawyer yeah, running around. Yeah. Or, I mean, I'm sure there is, but like maybe don't give them your money. Uh, Aaron Brockovich. Aaron? Aaron Brockovich? Well, she was a, she was a journalist. No, she, um, what is the word? Paralegal? Oh. Paralegal. She was a paralegal. Mm-hmm. You're right. But she stomped around. And she I, did it. I mean, I would say like, I, the, the thing about writing that's so amazing is I've had the good fortune of working with so many incredible, I write primarily TV and I've had the good fortune of working with so many wonderful showrunners and like I le- learn and steal from them literally all the time that's like the best part about it yeah it's just like it's a it's a full industry of like continuous learning um that feel it felt daunting to me for a really really long time like yeah I have literally just started tiptoeing into writing because of I'm sitting and waiting by the phone and I don't understand and like of course I feel like I have these great ideas and I feel like I have a lot to offer and yet what's happening and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like a lot of the way that I was told, like you should create your own stuff felt very negative, felt very like Mm. you don't exist in this world. So the only way you can do it is to write in a negative way. So I like kind of avoided it because I'm stubborn. And since I've allowed myself to just even like have a word document on my computer that will not go anywhere. I don't want to share with anybody has infinitely changed how I am as an artist yeah I feel the same I mean I I, I, things opened up for me once I started writing not just like the phone was ringing and you know it was like creative like I I think I used to go into auditions particularly with such um a pick me mentality some sort of like thirstiness I, I imagine I had it and I imagine people felt that on me and when I started writing I was creatively doing other things and fulfilled. So I think it took a little bit of that pressure off the auditions. I, I was putting so much on auditions and like feedback and getting the feedback and get right after, you know, the high from after the audition. And like, what do they think about the audition? And I wanted, I've said this before, I want, I wanted so desperately to win that I often forgot what the prize was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I writing kind of put, it, it allowed me to start thinking a little bit more about the prize and what I was going in for. And, all of that because there's so much about acting that is so wonderful but also so painful mm-hmm. at writing too but yeah in a different way it's crazy because it, it it takes you're right it takes off the pressure and it takes off just like if it when it was my only thing the only thing that made me feel creative the only thing that made me feel like I was doing something yeah I would just get in that spiral I would be like these, this is my book and this is what I'm singing. And then I'm going to go take class with the people that I just auditioned with. And then they're going to think this. And then I know that this person thinks, and it's like, or it's exhausting. I'm, I'm thinking about things that aren't helping and finding a way to be creative along with being an actor, I think has like changed my entire world. And I think as far as like writing, there's always, I don't know if you're feeling this now, but like I still, and I'm like literally, a, I, I write professionally and I still feel like an imposter so often. It's like always imposter syndrome. Yeah. Cause like at least at the very end of the day, um, if I'm like feeling imposter syndrome as an actor or whatever, I can talk to myself and be like, you were in your first play at a church when you were 12 like da, 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 yeah. da. it's like that when happens. i when yeah. i'm like writing i'm like I, I wrote these ideas down in my bedroom um and i'm sharing it on zoom <laughs> yeah you, you it feels very silly yeah and i don't think the silliness ever goes away and it's ne- that's kind of what i love about it because it doesn't take itself too seriously like you, even when you know when you're in like big time rooms a lot of it's silly a lot of it's t- just like talking yeah i also think there's like a it feels a little sillier to me and I'm sure it'll own it more as I keep going. But like to be like, these are my ideas, like as opposed to being an actor, it's like somebody else wrote these words and this is just how I'm interpreting them. Yeah. yeah if it's yeah. like the full thought is mine and they're like, Ryan, that's really twisted. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just went down this path. Um, but uh, it's so great. I, 
recently, and by recently, I mean last night, watched the Spring Awakening reunion documentary. Sorry, one of my best friends. Um, Leah Michelle. No, Gideon Glick. Uh, significant other. Significant other. That was a thing that we played friends, and then we truly became best friends. I missed that, but all I have heard is that it was a wonderful production, mostly from gay men who adored it. It was a beautiful play. You should read it. Joshua Harmon. He's a... He's a genius. But yes, did you have, tell me a bit more about the Spring Awakening? I think I came home last night. I ate gigante beans standing up in the kitchen and then I went to bed. So tell me, tell me. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. It took me to a whole place of like, whoa, <laughs> remember what? Like, they're just talking about like how radical it was that they pulled out microphones and started like singing while they were doing text. And like, I just forgot that that was groundbreaking. It was radical. Yeah. And I went to the reunion concert. And whenever it was filmed. Yeah, I was just blown away. And it was just interesting to watch all these people come back to material that like is kind of once in a lifetime to be a part of a phenomenon like that and just mm-hmm. see how everybody is still connected and in each other's lives and how creating theater with people creates relationships that are real and tangible inside and outside of what you're making and like without I haven't done theater in a few years and you know it was just like a reminder of like oh this is why like I love doing theater along with like shooting a movie or tv or what have you because you get to experience it with people people yeah theater is the there's nothing like it it's the best it's like the whole experience is it's sort of religious (laughs) yeah and you could tell that they all felt that too and of course they were like kit literal children when they did it so like some of the stories they're like we slept in the eugene o'neill theater overnight and i'm like what (laughs) like why (laughs) i need my casper mattress like immediately I have to watch it. I have to watch it. Yeah, they were so young. I, you know, I always forget that Gideon was part of like, I know that he was part of it. But then like, I always, I didn't know him at that age and how insane that, I mean, they did like gap ads and like, yeah. it was it, huge. It was, um, yeah, it, I just remember being a not out gay youth, hanging out with a cool mm-hmm. older out gay kid who was listening to Spring Awakening and making it my whole personality and then watching this documentary i was like Whoa. what was your song what was like your track my track still to this day is touch me um it should have had Gideon's big solo i should have had that in college i'm just saying uh-huh. i was told i was too uh-huh. short to play a 15 year old which what whatever uh <laughs> touch me is a great one it's a great one yeah i mean i'm sorry to my roommates i will be doing shower concerts of spring awakening for the next six to seven days Wish I could hear. Wish I could be a fly on that bathroom wall. Yeah, I'll send you voice memos. Thank you. That'd be appreciated after this. We can circle back with that too. After we talk about all that. Oh. So did you intentionally go to study not musical theater? Yes. Yes. Do you remember being, like, why? I do remember, like, uh, there was... uh, I wanted to do musical theater, but honestly, my voice wasn't, I didn't feel like my voice was strong enough. Now with lessons and everything, could I have gotten stronger? Absolutely. But I just knew that like I could be outsung and I felt like my skill set really was within acting and comedy specifically. And I wanted to like specifically focus on that. And it was, I, I really don't like, I, but I remember like specifically making the choice. And I don't know if that came from a place of like self-consciousness that I was self-conscious to audition for the musical theater department, knowing that like people would not sing me and like, I, I, I couldn't get in. Whereas I felt more confident within just like going st- strictly for theater. Um, but that was the thought process at that time. And Michigan was always, I grew up in New York. I really wanted like the rah-rah experience. I wanted like what college felt like in movies and Michigan is very close to that. I yeah I adore that I went to Millican University very small in Illinois mm-hmm. um and I got just a acting degree um but was always very 
doing musical theater um, and still am. So it was, it's interesting to me when I meet people who are like new at an undergrad age, which I think is so crazy to be, yeah. to be like, I want to fully specialize in just straight acting. I find those people fascinating because it, it, it seems like a confidence that I just like didn't have at the time it's funny because i didn't i didn't didn't come from confidence for me i think it came from self-consciousness and knowing that i probably wasn't good i I wasn't like my fighting shape to do i I knew people could outsing me and that's probably i mean because of location and where you (laughs) you were around yeah i went to LaGuardia. like i there was i i heard people singing and i was like okay yeah i definitely don't have that yeah that's so crazy like there's no amount of lesson that's going to get me there but I would love to do it. With all that said, I, I mean, I say I would love to do a musical. Cut to me, like, actually having to sing something eight shows a week. And I'd be like, lols, I can't do this. But I would love to. I love musical theater. I love listening to it. I'm a musical theater nerd for sure. I, I love I love fucking theater. I love musical theater. I love theater. I like writing. I like it all. And I also hate it all. Amen. You know, that's part of it. <laughs> And I feel like we're already tiptoeing into it, but it is that time are. where I ask you What's the question, the time, where I ask you the question, why are you like this? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I am like this because I am a, I was, I've been a people pleaser since I was like a young, young young as young as I can remember I've been a people pleaser so I think that was the natural progression to go into comedy and I do have a very specific memory I was in um uh perform like a I was in a program called applause which was like a theater program that we did on the weekends and after school and in it we would do like these reviews that pulled numbers and like scenes from musicals and I was very young doing gotta get a gimmick like very young and I, the costume was very tight and I was a short, you know, yeah, it was, a, it was a costume that I think most girls in their preteen years might not want people to see them in. Mm-hmm. And I invited my whole class to come see me in it. And I remember my parents beforehand being like, are you sure? Cause they had seen the costume. They're like, are you sure you want everyone to see this? And I, and I remember like, and I remember thinking they're going to laugh and that's the best reward of all so I knew very early that like my currency was laughter and it felt like kind of like a superpower and I think that came from 
people pleasing. And I think that's why I'm like this. How very Fanny Bryce of you. I want people to like me, honestly. I really do. It, it, I'm not proud of it, but I do want to be liked. I don't think that's bad. Um, it's not, it's, it, I, it could be debilitating, not debilitating makes it sound like I can't get through the day, but like, sometimes it's like, okay, you know, like move on. And like, I'm like, do you need, are you upset with me? You're mad at me. You're mad at me. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it's like cool to be like, I don't care what other people think about me and take that to an extreme. And yeah, I care. Yeah. I think it's important to care about yeah what you do, who you meet, who you're with. And I think that shows through with I mean clearly the people that you have been working with for years all care about each other and it allows y'all to create continuously and new things and continue to work together and if it wasn't a little people pleasy like there would be other people in your spot yeah yeah I I I but but like when I ask like why am I like this I I a people pleasing and B I love making people laugh. I love being made fun of. I've always like sort of being teased. I'm, and that is, I think goes with people. I read, you know, like Instagram, like when there's like six signs that you're a whatever, whatever. Yeah. And like literally the people pleasing one was like, you always put yourself up as a punching bag. You always will like, and I'm like, yeah, but I don't see that as a negative. Like, you know, if there like is an awkward moment that needs to be bridged or like there's tension in a room or like people don't know each other, but like they can all kind of band around to make fun of me. I'm so happy to be that person. Yeah, Cause you're like a uniter. You're making something better. And also I like being teased. I honestly really do drag me. <laughs> I love that. I mean, there's, there is a certain superpower of knowing that you're funny and knowing yeah. that no matter what somebody in this room will laugh so I'll be fine. Like I'm not I'm not super comfortable meeting new people all the time, but I do know that like put in a room with new people that I will be fine because I know that I can make somebody laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if I were just like a super serious person, what is that like? I don't I mean I will tell you as far as like my co-star Max Jenkins, he makes me laugh harder than anyone I've ever met. Like to the point where I, we I, if there's anyone who will make me break, it's Max. It, I find him to be the funniest person I know. Top three funniest people, person I know. There are just so many line readings of Max's in the show that I was like, only you. Like, only, yeah, I no, don't even know one. you, but like, only you would have that idea. Since I, since he was 13 years old, it has always been like, there is nobody that can do exactly what Max Jenkins does. There really isn't. That's so amazing. Just grown up. I'd become, I'd be an, a monster. <laughs> I knew that about myself, but like, I. He's a total unicorn. It, um, I, I was just floored. I mean, I was floored the whole show. His character has so many important conversations and your character about, you know, the dynamics between a female friend and their gay friend and their gay male friend and like how that works out and. Femininity. Femininity. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Yeah masculinity what is reverence like uh it's just i'm gonna i'm gonna see it again and i will be thinking about it for so long because it, it oh i'm so happy really really truly i'm so happy it's affecting you the way it's affecting me yeah i my my roommate who works at ardesia across the street uh, who's your roommate andy frank i love ardesia Andy, oh, he's in a show right now. Right? Yes, yes, he is doing yeah. Hello Dolly with Trading Spaces. Is Trading Spaces is Trading Spaces. Trading Spaces star Paige Davis. <laughs> that is so exciting. I love Andy. Andy was there. I did another show at MCC like a few years ago and loved. I mean, Ardesia is my spot. Yeah, it's so it's so cool. And he had seen it right before he went on contract, and he was like, "Ryan, you have to go. It's about." the stage door of if then and i was like okay read me and then <laughs> I went and i was like okay cool cool i get it um, yeah yeah but did you did honest did you start the show with your arms crossed a little bit like okay what's this about i yeah i would say yeah because i'm always interested in, i'm interested if that i, I want to hear from someone's perspective who did start it with like being almost being a hater i i was just like i don't know how this could be a play like, uh, like if the premise is 
like I don't know how a play about two people waiting to see if then a show that was on Broadway four years ago, five years ago can become a whole, a whole story thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was like a slight arm cross, but not a full, not a full, not a full. I was just feel like also I mm-hmm. used Adina mm-hmm. Menzel as my celebrity crush when I was a, a young child trying not to be gay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> She's a great crush. Great crush. It was her because of, and I said this out loud because of her jawline and uh-huh. uh, Drew Barrymore in Charlie's sure. Angels, great crushes. right? In Charlie's uh-huh. Angels, where she's like, "I'm gonna kick your ass and put my lipstick on yeah. and my lighter." Yeah, those are my. Was wedding singer not your thing? Was that like not that you're? I think you're younger than me. Um, wedding singer was in the house because my parents are '80s children. They're very very young, and they loved it. So I'd seen it a lot. But my my Drew was Charlie's Angels Drew. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Um. Did you have youthful crushes? Celebrity crushes? Yeah, I mean, speaking of Drew Barrymore, I'm going to move that right over to Michael Vartan, who was her co-star in Never Been Kissed. Mm-hmm. That was huge for me. Um, Scott, Speedman, Felicity, life-changing. She moved across the country. Never was a Pacey girl. Like, I got it, but, like, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Who else did I love? I mean, still my number one celebrity crush. I've said this a few different times, so people know it's true. It, people as if anyone's ever listened to anything that i've ever recorded um is dennis quaid wow okay yeah i mean i don't even know how i would have if i were to have gotten the parent trap i don't even know how i would have functioned on set very like baseball dad vibe i love a baseball i love like can you build me a canoe please kind of that sort of thing yeah for you know all the canoeing and central park i do a ton of canoeing can't, can't get me off the can't get enough i love it when they let you do it for free along the hudson can't get enough Truly of it. have never been in a canoe so but i do like the idea of somebody building me one yeah oh yeah anything from scratch you can build me any craft that i've never done from scratch and i'll be like it's my fave uh, but michael vartan never been kissed i is vartan i, I sound, sound very affected saying his name like that but i think that's how you say it yeah so it, that's not me that's him that's just his okay you could take that up with him that's his name and he, michael vartan he didn't want to be salinger so vartan it is yeah, he no he he owned it he yeah, owned, he owned it, it. <laughs> <laughs> the last name of it all is always just such a interesting conversation piece for me because um I don't know, growing up in theater and just kind of like being the way I am and being a Portuguese person, nobody really knows where that lands. My last name is Andrews. That doesn't give you any indication of ethnicity. And then I think I was going to school right on the end of the cusp of professors comfortably telling people that you are ethnically ambiguous and Uh um, what that means because it doesn't mean anything. And then I feel like I got to New York ready to go and everyone was like, yeah, but your last name isn't Lopez, so I don't know. And it's always so fascinating to me, like what people's journey is with identity within like this casting world that we live in. Is your is your actual last name Andrews? Mm-hmm. Ryan Andrews does sound like a made up name. It sounds very fake. It's Ryan Taylor. Andrews. It sounds like you. It's. It sounds like you're using your first and your middle name. Yeah. Like if I went by Sass Elizabeth. Yes. Sass Elizabeth. She had big hair in I my. Know. She had big hair in my mind. Sass Elizabeth could have been me. Okay. But yeah, Ryan Andrews does seem like a fake name, but it is just my given. It's real. Given name, in this crazy town. In this but, crazy world. In this life. crazy world called life. <laughs> Ugh. Well, Sass, this yeah. has been so much fun, and we are getting to that point has in the it? podcast. Ha- have I been a real? Have I been a good guest? Like, how yeah. do I stack up? Because remember, I like to be liked. You are a wonderful guest. From the moment I DM'd you and you DM'd me back saying that you like even me posting in my underwear, I was like, "This is a new friend of mine." Oh my god, I've been will following you on Twitter. You're truly one of my favorite Twitter follows. That is crazy, but thank you. Stand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, by it. Um. Well, we are getting to that point of the podcast where I ask my guest if you have any questions for me. I do have a question for you. What, in, as we look to 2022, mm-hmm. what do you want to accomplish in 2022? In 2020? Big or small? Um, big, I want to write my first pilot, whether it's good or bad. 
And Great. I want you want to finish a pilot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, small. I want to small. I want to confidently date more. Mm. And then in between, I just that feels big too. Yeah. Yeah, I think so you want to make it small so it doesn't feel big. So it That's doesn't why you want it to because you want to date. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And I honestly, I I think doing this podcast has helped me date a lot because I am talking to people I don't really know and just like yeah. asking questions about yourself. So it, it doesn't feel yep. so monumental to me. Um, yep. And then just in between, I just want to keep working out. I know it's like weird to keep working be out. into working out, but like it truly has like saved my life in the past two years. So like, if I could just keep that Good going. For you. I hate it. I hate it. I... I used to be very like yo-yo about it. Like I would be like, I'll do a snatched blah, blah, blah program or I'll do whole 30 and then I'll be done. And this is like the first time in my life that I've just consistently been doing it. And whether that comes with weight loss or not, I really don't care. Good for you. Like you actually, you're one of those people now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That's exciting. It's crazy. What do you want to do? Big or small? Um, Oh, what do I want to do? I mean, I don't think this is going to happen in 2023. So can I still give that answer? Sure, or no? yeah. It's, these are dreams. I they could be sh- anything. Dreams. So this is not going to happen in 2023, but I want it to happen. I want to show run. I want to show run a show. So I want to put that in the ether. Um, And then small but also big, I want to have more dinners with my um family, with my I have two small children and it's particularly hard, obviously being in a play, that's not going to happen. But even during the week, it's hard. So like weekends are that thing. And like, typically I don't want to eat dinner with them at five o'clock. Cause like, I'm not interested in the five o'clock dinner, yeah. but I'd love to try to push their dinner a little later and mine a little earlier. So we could have dinner together. Cause I really like eating dinner with them. Have like a six thirty. I mean, six thirty is never going to happen, but like six <laughs> or like five forty five. Ooh, five forty five is nice. I love a 45 and Cute. I love a 15. I love a 45 and I love a 15 too. Because it feels like you're like kind of cheating. It's also like, it's, it, it also, exactly. It feels like no man's land. And yeah. like you're saving, you're buying time, right. stealing it. Pay, Paul, what's that? Robbing Peter to pay Paul? Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. Who are I don't Peter think that's how you use it, but let's, let's just go with that. Um, yeah. Was that in the Bible? I don't know. Who are Peter and Paul? I don't know about the Bible, but I don't know what it's, <laughs> I don't know what it's about. It could be Bible related. Who knows? Who knows? Oh. Never read it. Never read it. And you know what? I'm never going to go online and tell people that I did. I have never read the Bible. Nope. It's not for me. There is a delightful um, grocery store behind my house that I call Christian Food Town because, A, it's only playing worship music in Spanish the whole time. Great singers. Uh And then when you leave, you're like, I bought my groceries. They have like this huge custom-made poster that has every moment in the Bible where it might tell you why being gay is bad um painted yeah like painted for your exit wow. into the world and uh, it's inside the grocery store or it's on like the it's it's outside no it's a port it's a mural it's an inside choice it's like in the last okay. vest, it's the last vestibule um that's a choice that's a it's a strong choice and um i have to grocery shop there i don't have other options so <laughs> yeah i'm you, uh, getting a new grocery store in your neighborhood is honestly uh, there's that is on one of the greatest joys we are having uh, where i live a new grocery store like the coming soon just mm-hmm. came up and it is i'm truly salivating by the idea of just like onions at my disposal a block away and the whole the whole town is about and by the town i mean those like six blocks oh my god we are everybody is talking about it's it. the only thing we talk we talk about the new lytle all the time there's a new lytle mm. changed my life yeah, a farm. I love a neighborhood pharmacy too. Ooh, yes. Yeah, not a Walgreens. Oh no, no. I have like a pharmacy. I have a pharmacist. He texts me. It's just exactly what you want. It's very Dennis Quaid esque. Taking it back. I like He's giving that. that. He's giving yeah. that back. <laughs> oh god. His name is Al. Al, if you're listening. Al. God love you. I hear you're a great pharmacist. Thank you for <laughs> keeping Sass up to date on what she may need from the pharmacy. He sure does. <laughs> well, do you have anything to plug? Do you have anything? Where can the children find you? 
besides in this wonderful play they have to come they have to come to see which way the stage i would say follow me instagram but like i'm really not offering you much so i you don't have to do that i'm old it's okay you're not old i'm old for the name glow my neon company co-founded with my partner lena imamora you need neon name glow that's what i'm gonna plug name glow didn't think i was gonna say that huh i honestly as i was you know googling you i was like i neon what a didn't see that coming and that's what i like about yeah, you, you have just to come. there's a storefront you have to come you have a whole on store i have to go i have i have to you find do. a need for neon lower east side here we go i'll go east for you that neon in in which way the stage who do you think did it oh my god do you get a set design credit no because it wasn't the design was given to me uh, and i fabricated it okay well close <laughs> adam rig is our amazing set designer uh, they are incredible uh I'm not going to talk about it. Go see the show. Okay. It's beautiful. Oh, I know what you're about to say. Yeah. But no, we, we can't give that can't away. Can't give that away. Can't give that away. No. But oh my goodness. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you I truly, so much. I truly have loved this conversation. I'm going to keep talking to you for a long time. So great. Buckle and up. And tell me when you come back to the play. I will. Absolutely. Well, until next time, y'all. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.